Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Uh, you had asked about taps. Um, I don't have. Yes. I didn't have any names throughout the week, but I just got a name. <laughs> I, I just got an email from uh, a listener, apparently, and uh, he okay. wanted us to remember John Nowak, who passed away uh, on Tuesday, apparently because of COVID. Uh, he was a lifelong really? resident of Duluth. He served in the Army from 1952 to 1954. He worked at the air base. He was a friend of the family of this individual okay. that sent the email, and uh, his obituary is in the Duluth News Tribune, and I found it. John Martin Nowak, uh, he graduated from Cathedral High School in 1950, and uh, he was stationed in Camp Roter, Salzburg, Austria. He also okay. served on the battalion ski team, oh, really? and he worked at the Duluth Air Base. He was an accountant. He did accounting there, accounting and control, for 23 years at the Duluth Air Base. He retired in 1978, but he later went to work for St. Paul's Episcopal Church. He was a facility maintenance worker there, and he was a devout Catholic, longtime member of St. Anthony's and St. Mary's Star of the Sea, a church that I went to as a young boy. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. So, uh, so obviously an Air Force veteran, John Martin Nowak. Yes, Army, okay. Army veteran, Army veteran, Army. Yep. But you said he worked at the air base for twenty five years. Well, he was he worked at the air. Yeah, he worked at the air base, but he was an accountant and worked in control. So uh, okay, he, he was not a part of the Air National Guard. He so, was okay. a civilian employee, apparently, but okay. an Army veteran. And uh, it does say here that the visitation is going to be next Friday, the twenty sixth, and they will. Uh, uh, have uh, interment at Calvary Cemetery in Duluth. So once John, in a while, you still uh, you still hear uh, COVID yeah, coming up. So yeah, John That's Martin Nowak, ninety-two of Duluth. Now uh, <clears throat> I know on Friday I got an email from some guy just recently, and he said, "Hey, hey, 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 what about humor? Friday we we get we get a little humor." Yeah, just a little. Yeah, just. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, what, oh, what do you got here? What do you got? Well, I I got a, a couple of things from a, a few people, and I wanted to uh, uh, maybe give a little bit of a report there uh, as far as a humor. I'm I'm just looking at some other things too. But here's <clears throat> here's what I got. All right, music lovers. Yeah. Okay. If you are a music lover, you might appreciate uh, some of these. Um, if, but you know what? I'm having a hard time seeing them here, so I'm going to have to kind of let this go. Um, anyway, uh, what I did is I went online this morning, and I thought with all the snow recently, <clears throat> people might improve, might enjoy a good snow shoveling joke. Oh, sure. Okay? Yeah. So I got some some short, easy ones for, to remember. Uh, why did the snow shovel take a nap? Why? Because it was exhausted from all the heavy lifting. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a reality. <laughs> What's a snow shovel's favorite dance move? Ooh, what? 
The Shovel Shuffle. Strike why two. Did the, the, <laughs> why did the snow shovel refuse to go to the party? Why did the snow shovel refuse to go to the party? I don't know. Because it didn't want to get plowed. Oh, okay. You saved yourself from strike three. All right. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right. I'll come up with strike three here in another minute or two. <laughs> Why did the snow shovel go to therapy? Why? It had an avalanche of emotions. That was three, wasn't it? That was a snoozer. <laughs> Well, I'll end up with this one. Why do snow shovels never get married? Why? They're afraid of getting cold feet. Oh, these were bad. These were bad. Uh, well, you gave it your best Friday. shot, though, Brad. That I did. Yeah, I tried. You did. Now, what I do have for you, though, is some reality here. I got to ask you a question, though, first. All right. Because I want you to be part of this story. You know, I was talking to Tom from Port Wing in the last hour about how the media doesn't always give us the whole story. Yeah. For example, we have had story after story about, oh, Trump's being charged in New York because he lied, he uh, over over or under-evaluated his property and blah, blah, blah. But nobody in the the media has ever asked the question, who filed charges? Who was harmed? Did a bank come out and say, oh, we gave you a better rate, we reduced your rate? Because, no, because they would be admitting that they didn't do due diligence and have the property appraised. Same thing with this C. Carroll, E. Carroll, or whatever her name is. Oh, finally, the New York Times admitted, but Trump has never been found guilty of rape. Yes, he's been found guilty of saying nasty things about her and demerching, dismerching her character, but never, they have not proved that in fact he raped her. Now, I want to continue on that vein and ask you this. What what did we know? What have we heard about uh, Hunter Biden's gun that he supposedly had. Whatever happened to Hunter Biden's gun? Well, I don't know. Was it ever found? It was in the dumpster. Right. That's what we were told. We were told it was put in a dumpster next to a convenience store. This is uh, his girlfriend had told us that. Uh, and, and that... Uh, uh, it, it had, you know, it, when they went back to look for it, when she said to Hunter, then that's not a good idea. You can't just leave that in the dumpster. Some Anybody could find it. They went back to look for it, and it was gone. Well, there's a story that appeared yesterday or day before yesterday that talked about the fact. Have you heard this one yet, Kenny? That they found residue of cocaine in in his gun pouch. I did hear this. Yes. So so I started reading this story, and I found a lot of information in this. First of all, his gun was a Colt Cobra thirty-eight Special Revolver. Now, what happened is supposedly uh, he had dumped it in a dumpster. However... If you read this story, after the defendant's then-girlfriend discovered and discarded his gun, 
Now, see, this story said the girlfriend discarded it. And after he became aware that local authorities had seized his gun, speed loader, and ammunition. See, we never heard that. We never heard that the authorities had actually seized his gun, speed loader, and ammunition. They found the pouch that he kept the gun in when they went through his property. Well, a chemist was able to confirm the presence of cocaine residue on the brown leather pouch in which defendant stored his firearm. Now, what does that do to his case where he said, I got rid of the gun because I knew I was not supposed to have a gun if I had been using cocaine. Well, I wasn't using drugs during the time I had my gun. This just proves that, in fact, he did. Because a chemist was able to confirm the presence of cocaine residue in the brown leather pouch that he stored his firearm. Meaning, he had the firearm, he he had been using cocaine, and some of it was still found in the pouch. So that pretty much blows a hole in his uh in his theory that if he ends up going to court for gun possession, his his alibi is going to be, but I, I didn't have the gun. I got rid of it. So, see, we, do, we don't hear that from the normal channels, do we? We don't, we don't hear that, uh, that his gun pouch was found and that, in fact, there was revenue, rev, residue of cocaine in it. But now you have. Now, I want to go, I want to, go to the story that everybody is going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks here. And I think this is kind of interesting. Did you know that today is the day that you can start voting in Minnesota? Oh, yeah. I've already the, voted. Uh, I've lost count. Have you? I have voted so many times. Six, how many? Six, seven times? <sighs> way more. Did you, did you vote by absentee ballot or by... Because uh, you can vote any way you want. Yeah. You can mail in ballots. You can vote absentee. Oh, I've voted so many times I've lost count. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, this is insane what we do in Minnesota. How many people have uh, done that, Brad, and manipulated the system? Exactly. Well, I have a story this morning which I thought was kind of interesting, which came out of the American Experiment. And and granted, it's uh, the American Experiment in Minnesota is kind of a conservative group. However, the factual information in this story is very good. And it it uh, contains something that when I read it, I thought, wow, that's rather interesting. What it is, is, is uh, the American experiment started doing in-search or in-depth research into voter records in the state of Minnesota. We got around to obtain the official voter registry for Minnesota from the Secretary of State's office. I started with the file for the state's 5th Congressional District, just browsing through it before beginning a more rigorous analysis. The voter list is current as of January 11, 2024. So it's current within just a week or so. You know what You know what the voter list shows in the 5th Congressional District? Turns out that Minnesota has some, some, some of the planet's longest living human beings. They, t- they tell me 
uh, the person who wrote the story says, they tell me that the oldest person alive is aged a mere 116 years of age. But just in the 5th Congressional District alone, I found 36 currently registered voters born in the year 1900, which would put them at more than 123 years of age. 21 of these 36 seasoned citizens reside in Minneapolis. Another voter from St. Louis Park has a listed birth date of 1898. We seem to have a a, a big age gap in the voter roll with the next oldest voter born in the year 1912 and 1914. And then he goes on to say that in this district... She managed to vote, this person that supposedly is now 123 years old, voted in the last election before uh, before she passed at the age of 125 and hasn't voted since. Well, that's good, but she is currently still eligible to vote according to the Secretary of State's office. You know, maybe somebody should do a little more crooning through these voting records and kind of getting rid of some of these people that obviously don't still exist. Um, Readers will recall my fascination with the usual voting habits of citizens residing in Minneapolis's Ward 6th Precinct 3, located in the city's diverse Cedar Riverside neighborhood. A heartwarming story emerges from one of these famous yet unfamous apartment blocks in the heart of Cedar Riverside. Two centurions, both born in 1919, live in separate units at the same floor. They've managed to avoid the rest home so far, and I'm hoping they can get together often to swap stories. In the building next door, one can find an apartment with six registered voters. Three of the six, different ages, have near-identical names, differing from each other by just a single letter. Lower in the same building, we find two registered voters with the same name, differing only by a single letter in the last name, living in adjacent apartments in the same building. Just a coincidence, don't you think, Kenny? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we got to take our first break here of hour number three. Uh, We'll be back shortly. KDAL time is, uh, what time is it? It's one twenty-eight, and uh, this song actually uh, came by a request, Brad, and I know this song is meaningful to you. We've no, talk- I know that song. Yeah, Sky Pilot? Yeah. You- I love it. We've talked yeah. about this a lot in the past, or um, not a lot, but I, on one occasion in particular, this is on a list of anti-war songs, and basically it's a, a slice of life about a chaplain who blesses a body of troops just before they set out on an overnight raid or patrol, and then retires to await their return. Hmm, 1960, uh, yeah, 1968, this song came out. My goodness. Okay. 
So, I, do, I did not know that about the song. I, I've I've known the song for years, but I didn't know that. That's oh, by the way, yeah. By the way, yes. It's thirty-two degrees below freezing in Hibbing. Ooh, yeah, zero. Thirty-two below freezing. It's Brad. It's it's zero. It's zero. It's thirty-two yeah. degrees below freezing. We talked about this in the first hour. Say, uh, have you heard the latest on the uh, shooting up in Cloquet? I have. Okay. Uh, a lot of our listeners may not have. It's It has now been found, due to search warrants that were issued, that the uh, the individual shooter... Uh, they still they still claim in this story, Kenny, that uh, police still don't know a motive... But it's appearing, it's beginning to appear very clearly that the motive may have been that this individual was having some real troubles at work and uh, may have uh, been in the process of being let go. A new information obtained from search warrants is shedding light on the shooting that left three dead, including the alleged shooter, in the Super 8 Hotel or uh, up in January 8th up in Cloquet. Police identified Nicholas Elliot Linus, or Linus, 32 of Ramsey, as the primary suspect in the killing. And it turns out that he had a video camera running in his vehicle filming what was going on. Yeah. Uh, the, the clerk, Treadle, 22 of Cloquet, and Patrick Jeffrey Roars, 35 of Deer River. I'm, I believe more and more it's going to come out that they were just innocent bystanders. According to the search warrants, Lennis appeared to be talking to someone on the phone during the incident, during the shooting. During the investigation, officers spoke with Lennis, with Lennis's supervisor, who said he had received a text message from Lennis that said, WTF, you can figure out what that means. WTF is going on. In other words, what the, you know, yeah. what is going on. Yep. Lennis's supervisor then called Lennis at 6.30, which matches the time frame of the phone call on the footage. While searching the 2020 Ford F-150 pickup truck, uh, led uh, registered to Lennis, police found a camera that appears to have been actively recording. So I think what, I'm just making speculation here. This does not mean this is actually what happened, but it appears like this individual might have been having some problems at work, text his supervisor, and then uh, when the supervisor called back, maybe you know, justified, told him that, yeah, you're going to be let go or whatever. We don't know that for sure, but it certainly appears that way. And he went off the deep end and we know the outcome of it and it wasn't good. Yeah. Do you know any, you have any more information, no. Kenny, that you've heard no, other than that? I do not. Okay. Um, I did want to mention to you a joke that I received from our friend oh, okay. listening uh, on the Iron Range, Corey from the range. This is a good one, Brad. You're going to like this. Mm. Am I gonna? I, I was just gonna take a spoonful of soup. Am I gonna blow snot or soup? Yeah, through my hang nose? on to the soup. Hang on. Okay. What do dentists call their X-rays? Oh God! I just heard this one the other day. <laughs> yeah, uh, this might be an old one. 
I think it is. Yeah. What do dentists call what their x-rays? Toothpicks. Toothpicks, yes. Yeah, I think I have to. Yeah, i got to do that. That's not funny. Uh, it, it's funny, but uh, it's old. Um, so today okay. is uh, quite a day, Brad. Today is National Popcorn Day. Ooh, now you're talking. Yeah. National Popcorn Day. Popcorn is over 5,000 years old. The first commercial popcorn machine was invented in 1885. Nebraska produces the most popcorn in America. Well, of course. Yeah. Because it's, it's corn. Yeah. yeah. Around 250 million pounds per year. And microwavable popcorn was invented by Pillsbury in 1982. And popcorn is very healthy for you. It's a whole grain. It has a good source of fiber. And if you don't put on too much butter and other things, uh, it's low in calories. But, um, yeah, I like popcorn. There's so t- l- l- so I, I've had a, a problem with making popcorn in my microwave. Yeah. When you put one of those bags in, you open them, put them, how long should you set? I know that some microwaves have a popcorn setting on them. But yeah. that never seems to work quite right. How no. long do you put yours in for? Well, here's what I did. And I don't make it a lot. My wife makes it, and I eat it. Yeah. But here's, okay. what, here's what I did when I would cook microwave popcorn. I would just turn it on for five minutes. Okay? Five minutes? Listen it's going to me. be black. Now, listen to me. <laughs> and you okay. just start cooking it. But you got to pay attention to it. you got to stand there and wait. And oh, when it, you listen to the bag. When yeah. it gets down to the final, if it's like a second or two in between the last pops, boom, it's done. That's the way I did it. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. No. I usually put mine in for about 2 minutes and 16 seconds, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Now, again, you've got to watch it. And I know people are saying, five minutes, that's too long. Well, of course it is. It doesn't cook that long, but I just turn it on so it goes... Uh, you yeah. know, longer than three minutes. And then you're saying you stand there and listen, and when there's a space between the one, yeah. the last pop and the next pop, that's when yeah. you shut it down. No, I'm not kidding okay. you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking out loud answering my wife's texts. No, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> oh, you'll start the house on fire. No, maybe just the popcorn in the bag. But that's why I don't make it anymore. <laughs> but again, you wait until the last kernels have popped just a couple of seconds in between. And once that happens, boom, you turn it off. Uh, Bradley, yeah, because I hate I, I hate a lot of what we refer to as dead soldiers. In other words, oh, just yeah. kernels that didn't pop. Yeah. I did not know there are two shapes of popcorn, snowflake or mushroom. Movie theaters use snowflake-shaped popcorn because it's bigger. Okay. Popcorn is the official snack of Illinois, and Americans eat around 17 billion quarts of popcorn every year holy moly <laughs> i would not have guessed that much but uh, the u.s is by far uh the we consume more popcorn here in the u.s than any other country that is a lot of popcorn yeah the average american well, man i don't know why they say yeah. man and not wom- woman but it says the average american man eats almost 70 quarts of popcorn a year does uh, Rebel like popcorn? Uh, he likes anything. That's why we've <laughs> got to be careful with him. <laughs> Nutmeg is nuts over popcorn. Ah. Absolutely loves popcorn. Yeah. In fact, 
Nut, nutmeg knows the word popcorn. When I say popcorn <laughs> to Kathy, boom, the head pops oh, up. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Nutmeg. Oh. Well, listen, it, we're at that point. We've got to do our CBS News break. Let's do that, and then we'll come back. KDAL time is 143. We're back. How are you doing? We are back. Yeah. Say, did, did, did you see the latest report out this morning? Healthline uh, has come out now and said something that, you know, it's not like a big revelation. I, I could have told you this, one, and I'm not a scientist. But a study, a big, long study now has said that energy drinks, you know, like Monster Energy Drinks, Red Bull, all of those, not going to mention any, you know, just a whole bunch of them, but there's a lot of them out there. But these energy drinks have been linked to ADHD, anxiety, and depression in children and, and teens. Energy drinks have exploded in popularity in recent years, particularly among teens. Over 30% uh, of teens aged 12 to 17 consume these beverages on a regular basis. However, there are many potential dangerous side effects of excessive energy drink use. In a new systematic review, researchers examined 57 studies about the effects of energy drink on children and young people up to the ages of 25. They looked at the data from January 2016 up through July of 2022. The results published on January 15th, show that male teens consume more energy drinks than females. Researchers also discovered a link between energy drink consumption and harmful behavior like smoking, alcohol, and drug use. Uh, Additional effects of energy drink consumption in both male and female teens include short sleep durations, poor sleep qualities, low academic performance, and greater risk of suicide. Uh, Psychological distress, ADHA symptoms, depression, panic, and anxiety disorders. So I guess the bottom line is if your teenage child is drinking a lot of uh, energy drinks, you might want to sit down and have a discussion with them on why that might not be a a good thing. I never cared for them. No, me neither. They always, when I did take a couple of them one time, I I did get very wired up. I was, yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I mean, for some, you could say they're working, but there, it just, I never, I never cared for them. No. Say, Brad, I think we just got a uh, update from the National Weather Service here. They have posted a wind chill advisory. Now, I don't think okay. this is going to affect uh, the Twin Ports, but a wind chill advisory. Yeah, this is going to be northern St. Louis, northern Cook, central St. Louis County, and others. It includes the cities of Ely, uh, Hibby, and Isabella, two harbors, Silver Bay, Grand Bay. Okay. Uh, so keep that in mind, a wind chill advisory. We're going to have more uh, severe wind chills tonight. Uh, what are they saying? Are they saying anything uh, specifically about the... Uh, oh, here it is. As low as 30 below zero tonight. Ooh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, well, what that means in essence is keep your if you're outside at all, yeah. keep your skin covered. Yeah, you don't want that 
those yeah. those winds to be hitting your skin for a very long period of time. Now, this so. is going to go into effect at 6 p.m. this evening until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning for portions of our listening area. It does not include Duluth, but stay tuned. Okay. Say, uh... Do you have a do you have a, an opinion on what you think about Anthony Blinken, you know the guy that's a Secretary of State for the Biden administration? Well, I've got to be careful yeah. here because it turns out he's a guitar player, <laughs> and he can play the blues. Well, he should be playing the blues instead of doing <laughs> what he's doing. Remember, well, you know what? We, what I want to do is we're at that point that I want to make sure we get our Minnesota news break in. And then I want to come back and talk a little bit because he's made some statements this last week. The Biden administration is evidently turning on Israel, I think, in essence, because they've, they've come out and basically said that they're going to push for a two-state uh, existence, Israel and Palestinian Palestine, even though the Palestinians have never really come out and said that they want a, a two-state solution. But he uh, he went to Israel this week and basically told Israel that they can't win the war against Hamas. He said there's no military um, solutions and that Israel will have to accept a Palestine state. Well, that didn't go down very good. And we'll talk about that when we come back after Minnesota News. Updates brought to you by Lady O'Collins Emporium, 31 West Superior Street, a place of magic in downtown Duluth, 722-2240. That's Lady O'Collins Emporium. KDAL time is 1.53, and we're going to be cold. We're going to stay cold. We're going to have the sunshine. We're going to have uh, wind chills, and then things are going to turn around, but we're going to have to wait till Sunday night into Monday till we start seeing a little bit of moderation here in the temperatures, uh, milder, dare I say warmer, and maybe even a chance of snow, but let's wait until Sunday night for that. Okay. Now, uh, Kenny, do we carry the game tonight, the wild game with the Predators? A wild or game? The, with the Panthers. The Panthers, Panthers of Florida. Yeah, we're going to be in Miami tonight. Six o'clock, drop of the puck. No, that's on our brother station, WDSM 710, The Game. I remember that station, yes. Oh, I okay. like that station. Now, here on KDAL, we've got UMD Hockey. Ah, yeah. Bruce okay. Siski with a call. We've got Western Michigan in town, 5.30 pregame, UMD Hockey. Now, tomorrow, 4.30 on the pregame, UMD in Western Michigan. Okay. Well, the reason I asked this question about Blinken <clears throat> was because Blinken has uh, taken a stand this week that he's kind of uh, telling Israel, not asking Israel, but telling Israel that they can't, they shouldn't go on, continue on with this war because they can't win. The, the, the war is not the solution and that Israel may have to accept a Palestinian state. But But Blinken faces two obstacles. One that Israel believes that they are, in fact, capable of winning the war and that they're doing so, and all all proof seems to be there. And two, the Palestinians themselves don't want a state more than they want to destroy Israel. That's what they really want to do. They don't really care about a state. They just want to destroy Israel. But remember, the reason I say that Blinken is not the kind of character that you maybe want to spend a lot of time believing anyway. If you remember right, 
Blinken was the guy that put together the fraudulent letter in 2020, pulled together 51 national security experts who claimed that Hunter Biden's laptop had been a Russian disinformation plan. The Biden campaign knew the laptop was the, was was real. So did the government. But Blinken and his associates in the intelligence world were prepared to abuse their access to information. So, you know what? Casting that Israel is the bad guy who uh, don't want a peace provides retroactive justification for Hamas. And, you know, there's been these these little stories coming out all week that some people in the Biden administration, some just regular underlings, uh, people that work in offices and stuff, may go out on strike, may take a a physical chance to go and protest for Palestine uh, and and that the war should stop, it might be where you see this administration starting to shift its, its feeling a little bit, even though we, meaning the United States, has all of a sudden started to drop a lot of bombs on the Houthis, which are another Islamic terrorist organization that operates out of Yemen. And According to the Biden administration, they're going to continue to do that until the Houthis stop sending missiles at ships that are working out in the Red Sea. Well, Kenny, we've got one person at least for TAPS today. Do you want to remind us of what that name and the person? Yeah, we've got we got an email from Mark, and Mark wanted us to remember a family friend, John Nowak. John Nowak, an Army veteran, 92 years old, Brad. My goodness. Yeah, and spent uh, a lot of time working in in the uh, <clears throat> at least working for military. He worked up at the Air National Guard base for many many years. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, I hope everybody has a good weekend. I do want to let people know that there was a stopgap spending bill that has been passed, Congress on Thursday, and this is controversial because of there's a lot of people on the far right that did not want to see this happen. They expected people to hold the line on spending, and it just didn't happen. Uh, the new uh, head of the uh, of the Republican Party in the House, Johnson, said, uh, I didn't want to see a, a backlash. I, I, Johnson focused on the use of special procedures that sidestep Republican opposition because he did... He thought this was going to be a bad thing to go into an election year well, have a good weekend, uh, with a Brad. shutdown. Hey, you as well, Kenny. We'll see you on Monday. We will. We will. Uh, and we're going to play taps here. And we'll be back Monday at 11 o'clock with Sound Off. And we do have UMD Hockey tonight with Bruce Siski on the call.